Okay, time to start recording a new episode of my podcast. Let me just... <clears throat> hey, honey. Where's my super suit? I put it away! Thanks for participating. We're talking The Incredibles on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to KidFlix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and take a walk with your mom holding you on a leash. That was a mouthful. So today, we're talking, as I said before, The Incredibles with, mm, I guess you could say she's a good friend of mine. We've been friends since high school. Uh, she was also one of two guests on my last podcast in ever that ultimately failed, but maybe we'll talk about that today. But anyway, a good friend of mine, she's a writer, uh comedian okay she shrugged we'll talk about that but it's esther rosen hi friends hello esther hello oh are you oprah hello podcast love i thought you were gonna say hello bro but Ooh, wind opportunity mm. what i <laughs> whiffed on it but then i never mind Just that stopped. was great so this is gonna be a fun hour of the podcast i have to talk to you for a full hour well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you like going to the gym. People are going to be listening to this at the gym, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully on the spin bike. This would be a terrible thing to run to. Also, lean forward. I'm leaning forward. There you go. That's lean perfect. in, like Sheryl Sandberg would say. Who's that? Sheryl Sandberg. She's an influential female business entrepreneur, and she has a book called Lean In about being a woman in the workplace. So, Anna Wintour. So, everybody who maybe was interested in this podcast, they've already turned off, but... Uh, we're talking The Incredibles today, and you you uh, specifically asked for The Incredibles. You were very excited about it. Tell it me why. It is one of my favorite movies of all times. I've seen it, I think, upwards of 50 times, according to my iPod Touches like count when I was in middle school, because it was one of the only movies I had on my iPod. Well, yeah, those things had, like, what, 16 gigs? Yeah, so you had to be selective with what movies you put like on If you're going to have, like, that uh, finger knot game. Oh, yeah. It's like, Twister and then Bejeweled. There's no room for anything else. What was the one where you did the... the like, tap Tap Revenge. Tap Tap Revenge. I had the Lady Gaga-themed one. Ooh. So, pretty highbrow. Gaga Revenge. Pretty highbrow. So, yeah, The Incredibles is easily one of my top five movies, which as a film major, might make me look bad, but I don't care because it's such a good movie. It is a good movie, and we're definitely going to get into that. This is also the first Pixar movie that we're reviewing on this podcast. How? Right? We've, we, surprisingly, we've done so many, like, weird, obscure, live-action kids' movies. Oh, see, you told me to pick the best or the worst, and I was like, I gotta go with the best, and I gotta go with The Incredibles. Yeah. Well, where, where would you like to start on this journey of ours? That was beautiful. Um, I guess we can start with the music. Michael okay. Giacchino. It, it, didn't he die like right after this? Or you, he's still alive? Maybe. He's really young. <laughs> <laughs> I read something. He's before. under 40. Like maybe 45 at the oldest. My bad. But yeah, this music is great. I have you seen that i think vox made this video about how like marvel movies don't have any distinct music yeah because it's like they're just kind of plugging in other scores just for the time being while they're building a uh it's a just very like film. story based it is and this is 
one of few Pixar movies that I can think of where it really has a distinct score. Like, I know Up, I can think of a, a song Same or composer. two from there. Really? Michael Giacchino. Okay. Did he do any of the other ones before I make a doofus of myself? Um, He's also done, he did The Incredibles, he did Up. I believe he was the curator and composed whatever was on Cars 2. Um, I have not seen it. Yeah, he's done Super 8. He like started, he earned his chops in the video game industry. So hmm. he's been around. Oh, and since then, he's just kind of trapped the game. He did John Carter. He did um, a bunch of other live action movies because... Uh, <laughs> we both got distracted <laughs> by the same gnat. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. But yeah, I I love this music. Like specifically the uh, montage music when um, Mister Incredible is like training because he, he's I I wrote a comedy sketch last year and we there was a montage portion of it and when I was writing it I had that music in mind and I tried to find something that was you know like legal for me to use and I couldn't find it at all so. If you look for what men talk about on Vimeo, we're not the plug section yet, but I mean, okay, I'll look for good. it. Thank you. I recommend everyone else look for it too. I'm a supportive member of your friend group. Thank you, Esther. <laughs> Esther loves my friends. He's good. you have good friends. I have no. I don't think I've met any of your friends from. They all Vermont. live in Vermont. Okay, well that explains it. And they don't live in. They're all. Doesn't matter. Either way, so we're gonna talk about the music because. When have I ever been the one to get a conversation back Ooh, on track? are you hosting? What is this? With special guest Lauren Lapkus? <laughs> Lauren Lapkus. I could do a really good Lauren Lapkus. That's, well, that's just like one that of is her voices. N- that's kind just, of? It's just one of her voices. I'm if sorry, you, Lauren Lapkus. If you Lapkus. think this is a good Lauren Lapkus impression, use the hashtag Lauren Lapka plus. <laughs> Lauren Lapkus, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm, I hope you're not. Because I hope she is. I hope you are. For, She's one of my favorite people. I hope you are for Ross's sake, but for my own, please turn but, this off immediately. But I mean, and... all this bullshit that we've already been talking about through the beginning of this show, I'm sure we're just kind of speaking to avoid right now. Okay, we should probably get this back on track then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, well, what else would you like to talk about the music? Because, I okay. mean, it's just great. I mean, it's great. Um, There are a couple of moments. I think that, the, like you were saying, that Marvel movies kind of lack that imposition of music on story it's just like oh it's there as a background it's just kind of like glooming like it's like it's kind of something bad is happening what's well, kind of like you just kind of add music to the back of most yeah, things it just feels awkward because it's silent exactly but um i don't think that animation has that liberty first of all because there's like no internal diegetic sound first of all because yeah good vocab thank you um my parents pay my tuition so, like, it's there's no internal sound to, like, drive the narrative at all. Like, at least in a Marvel movie, you'll have guns and stuff or, like... Yeah, bang bangs, ka-choo, ka-choo. Or, like, if you're watching an Iron Man, like, maybe a... But, like... Confession. I've never seen any Iron Man movies. I don't know if that is really a confession. Oh, my God. Why, why are you upset about that? I'm really distraught. Iron the Man first Iron like Man, a cultural touchstone. No, the first Iron Man really rocked my world. Mm. I had a weird. I can't. I had a sexual awakening in that one. Okay, I was gonna joke about that, but okay. <laughs> it's not a joke. I'm really. He was like, you know what? I have a billion dollars. I made a suit. And I was like, yeah, that does it for me. <laughs> that was my Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Um. So, 
the the live actions have the liberty of being able to use live action sound and i think that animation doesn't have that so there are a couple of instances where the music actually just makes the scene like there are a couple of points there's one where something surprising happens and you wouldn't really be surprised oh it's when mr incredible finds gazer beam in the cave yeah under the waterfall and there's a and it's just this quick hit from the trumpet section. It's and it. This, oh, that's when he he uh, he turns over, sees him, and he he uh, he's taken aback. And he jumps back when the trumpets hit, and it's the scene itself or the movement itself wouldn't have been nearly as effective without that music behind it. Mm-hmm. And that was a moment where I kind of said to myself, "Wow, good job, guys!" Like, well, there's also pretty subtle music in the scene where um, Elastigirl is. Um, stuck between the three doors which is a great scene in itself oh my God. so funny and it's just very just kind of subtle like ding, 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 it's, ding. yeah it's kind of funny because the it's not really funny that she's in grave danger but it's funny that her body is well, it's a little funny that like, like it's strung out but also that like oh this is gonna be how the plan gets foiled yeah and it i like the um the the hover the hovercraft that the guards are on like get um clotheslined by her torso and i watched that and i was like as a semi-close-to-grown woman now, I just kind of went, oh, no, I'm so sorry. You're not recovering from that. I don't know how her body ma- maintains that shape. Like, she's, she's elastic. Yeah, but there's a, there's a part where she, like, looks in the mirror and she kind of does a once-over for her butt. And she goes, like, which is such a mom thing to do, first of all. Which, yeah. you know, great. Wait, I don't know why I said, yeah, I don't know that. I didn't. You've never looked in the mirror and just kind of... I'm not a mom. That's true. But you have one. I I don't know what she does. <laughs> I've never spoken to the woman in my life. Mom, tell me. Do you ever look in a mirror? I'm not just, doing this in I'm not doing this hypothetical. I don't want to talk about this. Your mom would be really sad. Um so either way, she looks in the mirror and she kinda goes, huh, like, I'm not pleased with my body. And yeah. I, I was just kinda like, Girl, you look great. You have had three kids and like you're married to Mr. Incredible, like... Hold on. But, yeah. like, with the whole three kids thing, like, she stretches, so it's just kind of like... She's just like, bloom, bump, out. Okay, so the, by that logic, how did her butt get bigger? Like, she can still gain weight. Okay. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, it probably, like, once she she gave birth, like... It's oh. kind of like when a... when you like blow up a balloon and then you let all the air out like it still kind of has that like bubbly shape for like a second before it like eventually flops back okay so she her butt is the floppy part of a deflated balloon no we're talking about two different things right now i think but anyway either way so um the music is a really great part of this movie because it's one of my favorite soundtracks to listen to i don't listen to it while i do things that I need my body for. I don't listen to it when I run, but if I'm writing a paper or if I'm like, if I just need something to like get in the zone, the auto zone, um, double A, MCO. No, 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 it's not E E it's double A. And then two car honks, MC Amco. Oh, you remember I was those trying... commercials where it's like a rock, like some like bluegrass rocker in an Amco, like playing song. Oh yeah, song. yeah, yeah. I was just trying to figure out what it spelled. <laughs> Not a very good speller. That's okay. That's a lie. I went to the state spelling bee in eighth grade. 
I'm oh, sorry. Congrats. Well, did you win? No. What place? Mm, not good. I lost on tithe to give 10%. Oh. I didn't know that was a word because I had never been to church. So I didn't know that tithing yeah, was Yeah, that a song thing. by Hozier hadn't come, hadn't come out yet. Is the word tithe and take me to church? No, but I mean, you haven't been taken to church. We should rewrite that song to be really educational about things that happen in church. They actually, uh, on NPR, the on Ask Me Another, they just uh, did a game where they rewrote it to be about um, cheap dates. Hmm. It was funny, guys. Check out Ask Me Another. I applied to them for an internship. They did not get back to me. <laughs> Maybe they will. Yeah. That doesn't mean you didn't get it it does uh okay <laughs> favorite character um favorite character in terms of coolness frozone yeah it's a de facto de fact i mean you can't not be the coolest character ever because voiced by samuel L. jackson well that's why brad bird cast samuel jackson i was reading the imdb fun facts and they were like he was like i want him to be the coolest cat yeah it's just he's obviously the coolest guy i Whenever I, like, watched that movie as a kid, I'd be like, yeah, that's the dude I'm hanging out with. It's Frozone. Yeah, no one's hanging out with Dash. I don't think Dash has any friends. Dash might, because at the end, he starts doing sports, and that's how little boys make friends, is, like, extracurricular activities. Not Mm -hmm. necessarily sports. I'm not trying to pigeonhole anybody. You can. That's fine. But extracurriculars are how they get involved, and his mom wouldn't really let him do any because of his... That's right. So... Dash, you know why we can't let you do that. That's not bad. That was not a bad Holly Hunter. Thank you. I, yeah, I, I love her voice. In this movie specifically, she's just very mommy. We are officially moved in. <laughs> Snug. <laughs> <laughs> I need a favor. You know, her best friend that never His appears. His face is like a giant joker in the photo that she holds him. It's yeah. just such a strange face. Well, he was supposed to be in the movie and die. Oh, my God. There's, like, this whole animatic. It was, like, six minutes or something, and they were, like, hanging out. He's like, yeah, no problem helping you. We were old friends, and when your man's in trouble, and she's like, snug. And then he was supposed to die because, you know, a good person has to die. Yeah, there needs to be, like, a sacrificed character. Yeah, because that was the one thing that I wrote down. I was like, why... How is Elastigirl, like, a really good pilot, and why isn't she... that. Why isn't she doing anything with that? I thought about that, but at the same time, I kind of thought... I was thinking a lot about gender roles in this movie in particular, for obvious reasons, because um, it does have undertones of, like, gender normative things. Mm-hmm. She's a stay-at-home mom. He's the primary breadwinner. She kind of, There are a couple of scenes where she just stands in the garage and watches her husband as he goes she's, to work. She's so good at looking at... Uh, old cases and seeing single strands of hair and yeah she's such an intuitive woman like she used to be a superhero Mm -hmm. and you see that when she just single-handedly flies this plane or when she just immediately knows parachute speedboat um she automatically knows like what to do even though she's been out of the game since Mm -hmm. since they got married presumably because that was about the same time that they had to go into hiding yeah thanks Mr. Incredible. Wait, hold on. Let's talk about that for a second. Because there's, like, a full-on suicide attempt in, like, the first three minutes of this movie. Yeah, there are a couple of interesting moral questions that they just kind of bounce over. Mm-hmm. There was one It was, like, the suicide dude's lawyer says, 
Um, Mr. Darcy didn't want to be saved. Mr. Darcy didn't ask to be saved. Exactly. And the this and the cost of his saving has brought pain and suffering to my client you every day. You ruined my death. And yeah, he goes, I saved your life. And he goes, you ruined my death. And it, I kind of, I almost paused it to write something down about, hey, morally, where's the line here? Because assisted suicide is illegal in 49 states. Um, and then can you sue someone for saving your life? Because otherwise they are a bystander, which makes exactly. them criminal. Especially if you're Mr. Incredible. If you see something happening and he didn't do anything, you know the press would have been all over it. Like, Mr. Incredible was at the scene of the crime and did nothing to stop it. And, like, I would have been very curious. I mean, I, I guess it's hard in a kid's movie specifically. But if that was the constant kind of back and forth where the these superheroes, the Incredibles, are just like... I mean, do we have an obligation anymore because people clearly don't want us anymore? Well, that's the battle that they're having at the beginning of the movie um helen is she said all right tap out everybody said get out she was like okay fine bye you guys want to die you can die and i'm just gonna go use my super strong arms and super stretchy arms to hug my children really far away but frozone also was kind of like all right i'm just gonna have a fly apartment and a fly life with my fly wife what does he do did they ever mention that what he does for a living? i like to think that he's like some swanky chrome seller chrome businessman chromos yeah (laughs) now he just like sells shiny things but he doesn't actively sell it he's just in charge of people who sell shiny things so he's just constantly surrounded by them what if he works for ice Hmm. and then every single day he walks into work drinks his coffee and just winks at everybody (laughs) and they're (laughs) like what are you doing lucius he's like nothing iced coffee I like when it shatters. Aw, I like when it shatters. Um, so, yeah, he also kind of said, no, nah, I don't want anything to do with this. And Bob was really the only one who's... I thought you said Bop. Bop. <laughs> you know, Bop. <laughs> yeah, Bob was really the only one who m- remained adamant in his dedication to saving the people of Metroville, mm-hmm. even though they didn't want him to. Yeah, and then that, that old guy was just like... Money, 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 money. We can't keep doing this, Bob. <laughs> All they want is what's money. His, what's his name? Does he have one? I don't know. He might be unnamed. I was going to say Russ Cargo, but that's the name of the villain in the Simpsons movie. That's not his name. Mm. Um, But yeah, so the, when Bob and Frozone, or Bob and Lucius, I'm sorry, go bowling in the beginning of the movie and Mirage is following them, you hear Frozone say, hey, uh why don't we actually go bowling like our wives think we are? And Bob's like, nah, we got to save all these people. And Lucius says, they don't want us to be saved. So it's an interesting... They don't want us to save them. Oh, yeah. They don't want to be saved by us. Mm -hmm. Which, that's an interesting question. Like, if you don't... You know that J. Cole song? No. Don't save her. She don't want to be saved. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No role models. Yeah, no role models. It's a it's an interesting moral question. Like, what is your obligation to someone who's being a jackass to you? Mm-hmm. So, there are interesting underlying moral questions to this movie too, which you don't really read until you're older. Nah, it's just kind of like, well, let's go save the world. Yeah. And I remember when this came out, I or when I saw like the teasers for it, and I think Pixar has gotten better, but they used to be god awful at teaser trailers. Yeah. They Could. Did. 
I'm trying to think of an example, but I remember seeing a preview for this movie on the Finding Nemo DVD and not thinking it would be good. Same thing with the preview for Wally and uh, the teaser for Wally and all these movies. But I remember also being nervous because this was this at the time when it came out in 2004. This was the first Pixar movie that was about humans. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if that's going to work. Humans. Hold Please on. stick to talking toys. All right. Stick to toys, bugs, and monsters. Stay in your corner. Let's let DreamWorks handle the humanoids. Yeah. Thanks, Shrek. You're welcome. I can't do Shrek. It's weird. No one can. Mike Myers can't do it regularly. You just gotta catch him in the right mood. Yeah, he's like, okay, I'm in a Scottish mood, I'll do it. Donkey. That's the only one I can do. <laughs> donkey. No, donkey. Donkey. You just said great. dong. <laughs> what is it? I watched Don't Kimmy it. Schmidt this morning. So, oh yeah. So the moral questions leads is a nice segue to my next point, which is part of my favorite part about this movie is that it's so appealing to all ages, and that's what makes a great kids movie. Is it's something that parents want to go see with their kids, or you know they can go see with their older cousins. It's something that you can do as a family. Kids mm-hmm. movies shouldn't just be for kids. 100% agree with you. And that's uh, when we get to the ratings uh, a little bit later in the show, we'll talk about that in more detail. But definitely a lot of the parts where these kids movies kind of fall off the wagon is it's very much like, okay, this is for kids. So I don't know, let's make it like just kind of goofy and silly and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's either really condescending to children and interesting for adults or really slapstick and really funny to kids and really boring for adults. So I think that this kind of finds a nice balance. You know, you have that slapstick of like Helen getting clotheslining a couple of guards with her midriff. That's funny. Yeah. But also you have these really interesting questions and these really complicated family dynamics. You that ha- whole that whole scene with uh, Dash and Violet in the cave. Yeah, they're good siblings because. I remember my mom loved this movie because when it came out, my brother and I were in the midst of fighting all the time, which was a... So she took you both by the ear, sat you down in the movie theater. Yeah, she was like, watch this film, but... <laughs> For only this reason. Um, so we would watch it, and, we'd be, and my mom would just kind of nudge us and be like, that's you guys. Because at the end of the day, you fight tooth and nail. Hey, no force fields! But... <laughs> you would fight tooth and nail, but you're still siblings at the end of the day, like... They fall asleep together. When they wake up, they're disgusted that they woke up, that they fell asleep together. Oh, yeah. Like, he's like, oh, get off of me. I hate you. But at the same time. I'm like teaching a kid in Hebrew school right now that is exactly like Dash. I'm so sorry. No, I mean. They're fun, though. Yeah. Dashes are fun. They're just not a kid that I would want to live with. God bless Helen. She's the mom of the year, honestly. She is. I taught, I wrote that down. Well, actually, this will be coming out, I think, right after Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, so celebrating moms for Father's Day. <laughs> Take that. Society, the patriarchy. All these fucking social justice warriors, they can't even let Father's Day be Father's Day. <laughs> hey, you know what? There are some fathers who don't have wives. What? I don't know. <laughs> Being married doesn't change... <laughs> Your relation to a child. Yeah, because you gotta be the father and the mother. Esther's doing great. I'm doing terribly, guys. Esther, would you like to play a little game? I would. It's called Guess the Tagline. Okay. Now, I should have asked you before. Do you know the tagline for The Incredibles? Wait. Um. 
Well, since you don't have it right off the top of your head, basically I'm going to give you an opportunity to come up with a tagline for the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we actually have already reviewed a kid's superhero movie in the past. We reviewed Sky High about uh, a month ago. Classic. It was. We had a good time with it. And we also were kind of trying to find these fun superhero puns. So I'm curious to see what you will come up with. Okay. So The Incredibles. Like this is going on the poster. On the poster. Yeah. The Incredibles. It's super. Yeah. It's that's sweet. that's more of like a the first line of a review. It's super. The Incredibles. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I actually almost looked up a bunch of reviews because I wanted to see that one film reviewer who was like, "Yeah, what's the what's the tomato on this?" This movie was incredible. But if I had to come up with a better tagline than it's super, I'll munch on it for a minute. So if you find out what the tomato score is, you can tell yeah, us about I'm, that. Yeah, of course. I'm going to look at it right now. I just scrolled down and... It's probably in the 90s. It is. It's a 97. Ooh, that is straight money. 97. Good job, Brad Bird. Give yourself a 13-year late pat on the back. Yeah, uh, so uh, Eleanor Ringel gillespie of the atlantic journal constitution said that the film just had a bunch of quote recurring pastiches of earlier action films yeah but like that's the whole thing yeah i wrote that also because there is such an interesting style to the film that it has such an ambiguous setting i mean it has that nostalgic send-up of the 50s and 60s based on the art it's very boxy it's Mm -hmm. very but it's and it's very angular but it's also kind of modern in the sense that there are buttons that do really super cool things. Um, I will say, though, I mean, I'm looking at some of these dissenting reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I kind of agree with what they're coming from. I, I Obviously, there's going to be a lot of, like, violence. Well, that's not loud. fair. We don't know what they're saying. you got to tell us. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of speaking. But, like, I'll incorporate what they said into what I'm saying. Oh! Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. It's called uh, in-text citations. <laughs> I just get mad when I watch detective shows and they know something that we don't. They just go, hmm, oh, okay. Like, I know who did the crime. Can you tell us, please? Or at least indicate what led you to it? Continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, the one reviewer. So uh, I kind of agree that in this movie there is a lot of, like, uh, explosions and, like, gun and violence. And it makes sense to a certain extent in this movie, but... Uh, like this one reviewer says, uh, it's Disney's arrival in the vast yet overcrowded Hollywood lot of eardrum bashing, metal crunching action, action sludge. And obviously this movie has a lot underneath, under the surface, and it goes above and beyond those uh, those movies that have just all the loud explosions. But I think sometimes when you are doing a uh, an homage to a genre, you sometimes have to take kind of the bad with the good yeah i kind of don't really like movies that have violence without purpose Mm -hmm. you know i stopped watching transformers after four which doesn't finished watching after one (laughs) yeah it doesn't speak well to my character but it does say that i will give it a shot but i think that it was kind of tasteful in its explosions there weren't many things that blew up Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of flame occasionally flame and guns like you know kids were being shot at um 
Yeah, there's that one part, and that was interesting because, well, she, Helen actually talks about that. She says, you know that, you know those bad guys that you used to watch on Saturday morning television? They're not like those bad guys. Like, they will kill you if they get They the will not show restraint because you're kids. They will kill you if you give them the chance. Bye, y'all. Wee! <laughs> <Then> she, <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Violet, take care of your brother. Then she turned into a hot <laughs> air balloon. And Violet's sitting there, like, trying to make a tiny force field. But he's like... Well, I'm bored. I'm going to go do exactly what I shouldn't. Come on, Dash. Can you use it? I'm not going to leave the cave. My God. I'm not going to leave the cave. I was reciting the whole movie while I watched it. Oh, of course. And my brother was in the other room, and he a couple of times just yelled at me. It's like, Est. He doesn't use the T. It's just S. (laughs) Probably makes more sense. (laughs) The T is like more work than Esther. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Either but, way. I mean, I, like, all in all, I do like this movie, and I don't think that the explosions and the violence and, like, all of, like, the the superhero movie things were ridiculous and over the top. Like, I agree that it all had a purpose, but I I also don't know if I loved the the final fight. Like, the... Against the Omnidroid? Yeah. I mean, I liked it, but... I kind of love that part because... Actually, that's a almost the part that I watched the movie for because it has a really nice balance of super fun banter like dad dad the remote and he goes go along and oh look they're having the catch that oh, they yeah. never got to and like oh dash is in trouble here comes frozone I got you kid and it's just this like flurry of all of these principal characters doing what they do best together mm-hmm. and it was the whole idea of these people are strong individually but together as an ensemble they are better right so i kind of really liked that aspect but i think it's just i've seen this movie so many times and i love it but i i don't know if it's like you see something so many times and even though i still love it and i laugh at the same parts all the time it's like once you know exactly where things are going I kind of feel that way about the beginning sometimes because it kind of makes me sad to see Bob really detached from his family and like mm-hmm. just kind of distracted. And he like he takes he, a huge bite out of like a quarter of a piece of cake. He just bodies it like and he has no shame. I mean, it's it's he lives a sad life in the beginning mm-hmm. and it's sad to see because like they love each other clearly. But and that comes back to what I was saying about it appealing to a lot of audiences that that storyline actually speaks really true to a lot of middle-aged middle-class like married couples that have you know they're heading into their 17th or 18th year the magic is like not necessarily gone but they're just a little preoccupied with children jobs mortgages Whatever it is that adults do that I have no idea. Yeah, those three things and those three things alone. I don't know what adults' lives entail, but they seem to be really stressed a lot of the time. And it makes sense that that would detract from the air of romance of a marriage. Mm -hmm. So I think that that storyline is actually a really interesting, emotionally complex one that kids aren't going to understand. And I think that a lot of parents that are going to take their kids to see this movie or watch it since they're obviously not taking them to the theater to see the incredibles anymore it's been 13. Well, who knows oh next uh, next year two years 15 it'll be the 15th anniversary in two years but, but i thought it was, the second one was set to be released next year <gasps> oh my god i forgot there's gonna be a second one yeah and they the logo is just the two eyes mm-hmm. it's cute Good i job, like guys. that yeah so that 
problem, that emotionally complex storyline actually speaks a lot to real marriages and real couples. And it's a really real problem to have that, like, you know, he goes out and he leaves her to do everything. He doesn't. Kids, listen to your mother. A tramp. Yeah, he doesn't do anything in the beginning. And it's it's sad, but it's also hopeful because at the end they are united. Finish your thing. Oh, okay. They're united. I'm sorry. I just remembered the dumbest thing. Please share with the class. Okay, so the the part that you just mentioned the kids listen to your mother um before when he's like he's like muttering and he's cutting the steak oh bob, he must have been booking <laughs> bob can you help the carnivore cut his meat um and they're like cutting and he cuts through the plate and that's funny and he says no i gotta fix the table but the table wasn't broken at all i noticed that and he also pulls the knife oh he got the knife he got upset and he put the knife in the table. Yeah, he got upset that he broke the plate, so he stabbed the knife into the table because it was standing up. And then he was like, ah, going to go get a new plate. And he grabs the knife out of the table. Yeah, yeah but he said, I got to like, gotta fix the table before he stabbed, I thought. Whatever. No, either way. This is the least important part. <laughs> this is, let's start apart these five seconds that have no bearing on the actual plot. Have we not mentioned Edna Mode yet? Uh, she's on my list. Okay, great. <laughs> she's just uh, Brad Bird as Edna, all-time classic piece of casting. And that was another thing about the casting. Not necessarily a lot of big names, but there are a couple of big ones. You know, Craig T. Nelson, Holly, Holly Hunter. Hunter. Uh, Jason Lee uh, plays Syndrome. Syndrome. And what's his name? The one, he plays Cyrus on Gossip Girl. Inconceivable. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, Inconceivable guy. Yeah, he's um Mr. Humph. Mr. Humph will see you yeah. now is the name of the song. Um, a company is like an enormous an clock. An enormous clock. Yes. Precisely. An enormous clock only works if all the little pieces mesh together. <laughs> that wasn't bad. I kind of I kind of like that impression. Good job. Thank you. Ross <laughs> is patting himself on the back right now. Yeah, listeners of this podcast, half of it, half of this is just me trying to do impressions. It's fine. Yeah. But anyway, so... Uh, let's talk a little bit more casting right after this. Ding dong. Nah, just kidding. Don't get the doorbell. That's, that was me. I do good impressions. Anyway, hope that you're liking this episode of the podcast. As always, like I've been asking the past couple weeks, please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe if you like it. And, uh, cause we're just trying to get them numbers up. You hear that, Tim Cook? We're coming for you. You hear that, uh... Serial Sarah Koenig, uh, here's a story. Here's a here's a murder for you, murdering your top spots. Are they still number one? I'm not sure. I'm gonna stop rambling because you nobody likes this. So anyway, uh, back to the show. We're gonna be on Stitcher very shortly, hopefully. Bye. And we're back. Zoom superhero noise. Dash noise. Oh, yeah, this is Dash. Let's make up noises for all of the characters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mr. Incredible. <laughs> Frozone is just... Whoosh. Violet is... Oh. Really? My, mine for Violet was just... That's Violet's noise. That's it's good. Just silence. Uh, <laughs> Helen is... Uh, dash? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking something along the lines of like... <laughs> officially! <laughs> <laughs> we are officially moved in. <laughs> And then Jack-Jack is just... 
That's good. Okay, wait. We need to talk secondary characters because I they are on my list. We barely list. talk syndrome. We we touched on Edna Mode. First of all, I was doing research. Did you know that uh, Edna Mode was originally supposed to be voiced by Lily Tomlin? I did, and that's part of why Brad Bird did it himself. Is when she kind of said, "I can't do it" because she's Lily Tomlin and was doing a hundred other things. They started recasting and recasting and recasting, and they did all of these auditions, and no one could do it right. And Brad Bird said he went into the booth. They were doing an audition. Babbard went to the booth and was, I want it. I want it to sound like this. And he did an Edna Mode. And they kind of just looked at each other and were like, Edna Mode. And guessed. That was good. So he, they kind of looked at each other and said, he seems to have it down. He <laughs> has it in his head exactly what he wants. So he should just do it. And it honestly, to this day, if you say The Incredibles, the first thing out of their mouth will be, where's my super suit? And the second thing out of the mouth will be Edna Mode. I go Edna before Frozone, if we're being honest. Yeah, I think that's a character trait. Edna's a, ste- a scene stealer. I used to design for gods. No caves, though. <laughs> that's someone that doesn't care what their impression sounds like. And yeah, we'll talk about the no caves ass. Cat. Is that your cat? It's okay. a cat. <laughs> I don't think it's picking up on the mic, but. Just hearing just someone go. <laughs> but anyway, Carrie. Carrie. Carrie the. Sorry. Kari. Is it Carrie or Kari? I think it's. I the think it's actually Kari. I think yeah, it's it is Kari. Kari which she's like Kari. How do you spell Kari? K A R I. Okay. Do you play classical music? Because classical music makes babies smart. I my kid. My parents never played it for me. I wish my parents played me for classical music because half the time I don't know what anybody's talking about. Mrs. Parr! <laughs> Mrs. Parr, something really weird's going on with Jack-Jack. Hey, Mrs. Parr, sorry I freaked out earlier, but your baby has special needs. Anyway, thanks for the replacement, Senator. Replacement? I didn't hire a replacement. Syndrome! <laughs> <laughs> the baby's sleeping. <laughs> you stole my future. I'm merely returning the favor. That's good. All right. So now that we... So the movie's over. Um, <laughs> now that we've recited like a solid third of what, the what other What other characters did you have on your list? I also do love uh, Bob's boss, Mr. Humph. Or is that his name? I um am interested in Mirage. She's a really interesting character because she's just this live kind of mythical like creature. She doesn't... He's attracted to power, as am I. It's a weakness we share but yeah there are a couple of like really sexual moments with mirage oh which real is sexy. like it makes sense she's like if she were a human she would be hot but it's weird to see like in character like animated form especially with the background of like helen and bob's iffy marriage like there are a couple of moments where it's like when he starts working for them is Bob gonna cheat on Helen with Mirage right now? I mean, hmm. I don't. I definitely saw that as a possibility, but I didn't think. I well, didn't Helen think that did. Have, well, yeah, I know that, but I. So it. So it's the whole. I'm about to be a huge asshole. Chaucer would write this. He would write like an elaborate idea, or he would be an asshole, and he would just he would say like, maybe this character didn't like something, but. That's probably not true. So we're going to pretend I didn't say that. And everybody who's reading it says, 
if you didn't want us to believe it, why would you have put it in in the first place? The fact that you well, posited... it's all about reasonable doubt. Yeah, the, but the fact that it was posited as an idea to begin with means that it has, like, yeah. feet as well, I mean, an it's, idea. It's that, it's that thing where you have an idea, and as you're saying it out loud, you immediately go, oh, that's a terrible idea. But you're still, like, too late in saying it. Maybe. So you're like, oh, we could go bowling. I mean, no, no, that's a stupid idea. But it's like, I mean, you guys could go bowling. They theoretically could go bowling. Bowling's on the mind because I really want to go bowling. Frozone and Lucius and Bob do it. I know. I literally cannot refer to Frozone as Lucius. Well, they say it once. Yeah, it's a cool name. Like, it is, What's his last name? Zone. <laughs> Luci- Sky Zone. Lucius Zone. <laughs> um, um, so K- Corey and Mirage... And Edna and... You said Corey, and that really threw me off. Kari. Yeah, I thought you were talking about I'm just really confused. There's no vowel to, like, spell the way that it's said. Yeah. Car. It's a, it's just a soft A. There's a... um, What's it called? A phenom? Phoneme? I took a linguistics class last year, and I don't remember what it's called. I'm but sure you did really well. <laughs> I did. I got a B. B's a good grade. <laughs> Be proud of it. We haven't reviewed B movie yet. Um, oh, please! You did great. You got all B's. <laughs> I, I I tried watching it last summer, and when that line happened, I laughed out loud really hard. But that's for another day. Uh, oh my god! Wait, I just realized we talked about in the last segment the tagline for The Incredibles. Yeah. Save the day. Save the day. Simple. It's simple. It's it's not Ele- that climactic. Elegant. Like, there were they have like individual posters for the different superheroes and oh like, that's what it really was. Yeah, that was like the one for the main one. But then when they did like the different character ones, like oh Mister Incredible, they had more punny things. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but uh, that was the thing. Incredible. Fly home, buddy. I work alone. So, oh. That actually might be a good transition to, um, so let's talk, uh, Syndrome. Yeah. I am Syndrome, your nemesis! Um. Yeah. He is. Who are you texting? <laughs> I'm telling my family to keep it down because they're being loud outside my door. Either hey, way. if you can hear, if you so, can hear Esther's family, use the hashtag. Esther's family, please be quieter. Very catchy. <laughs> Um, Syndrome is a great, great evil villain because he has a point. He has a valid point. It is, he is the voice of the proletariat against the elite supers. Mm -hmm. Like, they are kind of like, there's something elite about them. And that's naturally going to cause some resentment, especially because Mr. Incredible was a dick to him as a child. Like, in his formative years, yeah, you're going to screw a kid up if you're his hero. My question is, how did he get that close to him that frequently? I, like, That's true. Because they're like, oh, I'm the number one person in the fan club. And it's like, fan, like if you're in the George Clooney fan club, you're... You don't meet George Clooney a bunch of times. You might meet him once and like get a signature. But he seems to have met him a number of times. He knows who well, he... It's like, it, it seems like if you're a mega fan like Buddy is, I assume that... You got like, all his book signings. All his book like, signings, all of his like photo ops. like Yeah, so... So I the reason I really like Syndrome, besides the fact that his hair is hysterical, he just looks like a giant troll doll, um, is he has is a... Syndrome Jimmy Neutron's dad? We know who Jimmy Neutron's dad is. Oh, Sugar Booker? Or no, Sugar Booker's the one. 
What's his name? All I can think of is an eagle pecking his head. <laughs> no, what the heck? I mean, th- you know what? I'll, I'll put a pin in this because it actually leads to a discussion about Incredibles 2. But yeah, let's let's keep talking syndrome. Yeah, so, um, and it, that's the, it's a theme that you see throughout the movie, you know, when uh, Dash goes to the principal's office, Helen's driving him home, and she says, Dash, you know why we can't put you, we know why you can't put you in sports. And he goes, and he goes, and she says like, and he goes, yeah, because of my I'll powers. Slow, I'll she, slow up. I, I promise I'll slow up. And he goes, yeah, but um, but we're but we are special. And she goes, dash, everybody's special. And he goes, which is another way of saying nobody is. And he's really stolen about oh, it. Oh shit, you're right. I did not make that connection to later in the movie. And that's exactly Syndrome's point: is he built these weapons to put himself on the same playing field as supers? I mean weirdly the elitists win <laughs> but we kind of finally <laughs> finally the one percent gets a cut but it but it he he's valid like he got oh, screwed yeah. over a lot like, even though you hate him and you don't like how he the ends the, how he's getting he's cheating he's yeah he's cheating and that's what really is the the bigger problem not the problem that he has on a fundamental moral basis but like he's cheating at being a super if you want to build yourself a super suit cool iron man did it but you don't Which i have not seen <laughs> right but you don't have to also build yourself a villain mm-hmm. they're gonna exist elsewhere and so that is interesting that he did kind of that he wasn't confident he's not confident in his abilities like he needs to have the most controlled uh, like environment to kind of be this hero, and that's ultimately his downfall. Is he? I'm a new superhero. <laughs> I'm Syndro, and he just throws a fuel tank. Yeah. Um, he does that a couple of times. He like has not really mastered the zero point energy thing, and he just keeps like throwing. Also, the hasn't me- uh, mastered like using the control for the Omnipod. Well, the Omnipod—that's actually like what brain- leads to his downfall—is that he is really good at building stuff. Good for you, Syndrome. You probably went to college somewhere and decided to become an evil villain. Do you think he like told people that at parties? They'd be like, "Hey, Syndrome, like or Buddy," because I'm sure he went by like Bud at the time. He was probably in, Bud, like, not Buddy. He was probably in a frat, you know. And they were like, "Bud, what do you want to do when you graduate?" And he's like, "Yo, I'm comp sci. I think I want to be a villain." And they'd be like sure i that conversation doesn't make sense to me it what do you think i don't know does does lex luther is he just like is he just like yeah i'm gonna be a cool bad guy he did say that he developed and sold weapons so i mean he did have like the iron man vibe going for him yeah he's just kind of an iron man gone wrong Mm -hmm. um but he's really good at building those things and eventually his robot is smarter than him and like that's why the Omnodroid realizes that the remote controls it, and it shoots it off its wrist. And, and then he Violet just... turns to her family and goes, the remote controls the robot. <laughs> That's like the weirdest line in the entire movie. It's so funny. It's so weird. The, way, the remote the way, controls the robot. It's like, the way that we she, know. The way that she says it, it makes no sense. Again, yeah, you're right. Like, everybody knows. Like, we all saw the same thing. There's one other line. One of the guards, when the two... they. Capt- when they trap Dash and Violet in the jungle for the first time, and he, he goes, goes, do you think they're supers? <laughs> and it's like, no, they're just wandering around in bright red spandex suits. And then like one of the, and then Dash takes off and he goes, they're supers. And it's like, I thought you were talking about the part where the one 
when the one guard traps Violet in the water and he goes, there you are, little Miss Disappear. <laughs> I love that part. He could have come up with anything better than little Miss Disappear. Misappear would have been better. Yeah, I Actually, mean, no, that wouldn't I guess they worse. didn't really, like, hire him for his brains. Hey, it's girl I can't see, but I see you now because I kicked dirt in the water. Hey, bad at being invisible, girl. Hey. Well, she's good. And he just, like, give himself a self-five after. <laughs> but, yeah, so there's actually one of my other favorite shots in that entire movie is through the Omnidroid cam when uh, Mr. Incredible holds up the remote and he goes, I got it! And you see it through him and he's smiling and his face just drops. Yeah. And it is one of the funniest images in the entire movie because it is just the... I know the feeling. It's just, like, the moment of shit <laughs> like yeah. oh, that was an instant gif <laughs> yeah if they had existed then and i have, i say gif not jif i say jif we're not gonna argue about it though can i say one thing no it's my podcast so i'm gonna say it <laughs> and i can mute you welcome, <laughs> welcome to kid flicks featuring ross wiseman <laughs> <laughs> no uh it says I, th- I forget what it's i think it says with ross wiseman so no, but with Esther Rosen featuring Ross Wiseman. Oh, well, you didn't say with Esther Rosen, so. Look at me. I am decapitated now. <gasps> what were you going to say? Um. So, like. Do you the, see how I just the... allowed you to do that? Yeah, yeah, It was yeah, a yeah. power move. Look, I'm, uh, I'm chivalrous. So, <laughs> I'll hold the podcast door open for you. But anyway, the G in GIF stands for graphics. So, it's a guh. Yeah, but the dude that invented it was like, yeah, it's Jif. No, he said either way. Okay. He said either is fine, but I mean, like... I just don't like the noise, gif. Like, I don't like gif. Like, it sounds like I have something stuck in my throat. Why are you saying throat. it like that? Gif. 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 Yeah, you're, like, swallowing it. That's a problem. You should yeah, be swallowing your like tongue when you're talking. Yeah, it like gif. <laughs> like... Here, I just sent you a gulp. <laughs> but the incredible. <laughs> so... The end when uh, the old men are just like, ah, they did it old school, which was weird. They were clapping. Like, where? Yep. Do you think there was a time between, like, when the superhero ban happened slash to uh, the whole thing with the Omnipod? Like, when public... Omnidroid. What did I say? Omnipod. Okay. (laughs) When, like, public... Uh, opinion was just like yeah the supers were cool yeah i bet that was another thing is that because everybody seemed completely fine when uh syndrome showed up and i guess probably partly because it was like like, retro and it was like oh look a super's back like there was also like you know a big robot attacking the city (laughs) yeah you want supers when a robot's attacking the city i don't know i thought that was also interesting about how political it was um and it was I liked how it told that political story through a bunch of different avenues, you know, through newspapers, through newsreels, through interviews with the supers. It it had all of those different like aspects to it that it it was a political issue in its day. It mm-hmm. was something that was pervasive, like, and it's not. Do you so- think if Trump was in this movie, he would have been pro or anti super? Obviously anti. Obviously anti supers. He'd be like, I believe that the supers. Are not as good as me, and I have met a large number of people who think that, that sounds like Bernie that Sanders. Like you Bernie are Bernie Sanders, Sanders right now. 
No, I love oh. supers. I love supers. I love supers. I love supers. But supers I've are amazing. But here's number, the thing. Oh, they've met a large number of people who think that the supers should go back to their homes and never come out. Krypton, they're not sending their best. <laughs> they should They should be telling people that they are normal because if they are different, then that will just make America worse. Build like, that force field. <laughs> hey, no force fields! Still my favorite line in the movie because it's just like, that's a part of their life. <laughs> my, oh, okay. My favorite line. If we're talking favorite lines Ooh, in this movie. I don't know if that's actually my favorite line in the movie. My favorite line, and I hope that you agree with me. Shady, if we were having Tony Loaf. <laughs> that line always makes me laugh whenever I eat meatloaf with people, which is not that often when it happens. Every I Tuesday, always, whether I need it or not. Uh, Tony Loaf night at all the student activity center. But I always mention Tony Loaf because that's... It's such a dumb, funny line that, like, of it's course, a, a little younger brother. brother like, yeah, they're just such good siblings. Um, I don't know. I think that it would be you, sly dog. You got me monologuing. I wrote that down too. I was like, <laughs> of course. Because I don't know if you've been threading things together, but in the car when they're bowling, quote unquote bowling, Lucius says something and be like, "This dude's got me on a silver platter, and what does he do?" He starts monologuing. He starts monologuing. And then... This movie's a chiasmus. Lo and behold, Syndrome <laughs> no, starts starts monologuing. Yeah. So there was that nice little... It's kind of like a tip of the hat to mm-hmm. terrible villains. Um, But I think that might be... Yeah, and I think it's fun also, this movie in general, like playing with those tropes because it doesn't go the full like scary movie, like superhero movie, epic movie route of like... Right. Where it's just like saying them like, ha 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 ha. It's like integrating it into the story and the characters are self-aware, but they still are invested right. in what's going on around them. Yeah. And um, actually, I wrote down that I love Violet. I She grew on me so much. She used to be, when I was like, um, when I was eight, when I saw the movie, I was like, oh God, who's this angsty girl? But now that I'm older and I've kind of crossed the bridge of puberty as a girl, which sucked it was so bad tell us in a lot of detail how puberty was for you i'm just gonna say it sucked and leave it at that um gulp (laughs) gulp but um but she has definitely the biggest transformation out of any character in the movie um and it's marked to some degree by the fact that she's wearing a headband at the end that's right um but she grows as a character and I think that that's a really interesting and uh, part of the story that shouldn't be overlooked because it is hard to be a girl in middle school. Like, she is in love with Tony. She thinks about him. You know, Tony looks like a total dork loser. He wears a turtleneck. Yeah. But I mean, so and does also she. his face is dumb. Yeah, but he has cute hair. It's like messy a little. Does it make up for his dumb face? Sometimes it does. And he's like, you get, you get, I'll get the popcorn, okay? <laughs> okay. So, so, so Friday. Friday. <laughs> I like that we have flipped the gender in every... Um, we, this is a very progressive show. We don't believe in gender. It's a spectrum. We were talking about that downstairs. We love Do them. not check out Bill Nye Saves the World. It's geared at millennials, but it's still very condescending. He's like, you know, everybody believes in climate change. It's a real problem. Thanks. We know. Says the word. <laughs> That's the theme song. But anyway. So, but, yeah. Violet, I think, is a really interesting and 
she's just a great character and I love seeing her transition. She grew she grown me a lot definitely as I watched it more and more. When you get older, you start to appreciate her more because you recognize like the bind that she's in in the beginning. It's not necessarily it's not fun to hide from your crush. It's not fun to just be like watching them from afar while hi Tony. <laughs> hey. And then the other dude goes, "Hey Tony." And then Tony just goes, "Yeah, that was funny." <laughs> love that because the kid just goes hey tony to like make fun of the girl and tony goes yeah that was funny (laughs) good job here we've been we've been kind of uh informally talking about it but let's let's officially rate the incredible so uh to for any new listener or anybody that's lasted this long into the podcast uh Hmm. we rate every kid's movie on four criteria audience respect so is it really condescending or is it really just kind of treat every viewer like a viewer plot acting and humor we rate it on a scale from one to five if something is really abhorrent you can rate it a zero if it's incredible obviously that was dumb (laughs) i swear i didn't intend that you can put it out of five uh and we average my score and my guest score together to create one penultimate score no one ultimate score penultimate is second to last well i'm holding a pen so i think you're holding a pencil nope it's a pen oh damn thanks marriott i've been burnt okay so, so yeah uh so i'll throw it to you first what do you think uh of this movie in terms of audience respect definitely a five my that's my favorite part about the movie is that it treats everybody equally in the fact in the sense that it has a plot for everybody what about you yeah um off i i think it's it, it definitely good and we've watched some like really pandering awful movies like looking at in inspector gadget it's very just like goofy just like look at get it this is a plot point and i still think some of the throwaway lines to kind of that are there to kind of help remote controls the robot yeah like lines like that so i think i'm i'm giving it a a high score i think i'm gonna give it a 4.5 just we can do halves yeah that's good to know i'll keep that in mind okay i thought I thought that was a given. My bad. What about uh, plot? Plot. Um, I think that plot might be its weakest point because it does fall in line with a lot of tropes that it ha- that it falls into the whole superhero category, but it kind of it um. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. <laughs> so helpful. You're a great host. Thank you. Um, It helps that by adding these complex emotional plots to it. So I wouldn't necessarily give it like a three if you're being contrived, nor would I give it a five. So I think I'll stick it at a four. Very respectable. Yeah. Res- respectable. Respectful. Respectful. I, I started to say respectable and then I switched to respectful. No, the four is respectable. I am being respectful. Ah, respectful. Respectful. Actually, I wrote, uh, while you were talking, I was thinking about my score and writing it down, and I gave it a 3.9 for almost the same reasons. And I, I think there are a couple just like really just convenient plot points, like people dropping in at the right time, like Deus, Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina yes <laughs> yeah i think i think there were like a few times where it's just like oh yeah like luckily frozone found a super suit and made it just in time to jump in front of the robot and spray ice on it and those were given with a lot of movies but it's just like 
You can do a little better. Yeah. Okay. So 3.9 for me. Uh, how about acting? And this is different because obviously... It's voice acting. This is voice acting. Actually, is this the first... This might actually... This is the first animated movie that we've reviewed. Score. Unless you count uh, D.L. Hughley's uh, voice acting in Inspector Gadget. I do not. Well, that's a mistake. <laughs> Mama setting precedent. Um, okay. I would say... Animation is hard. It is. Um, but I think the fact that all of these characters have character to them through their voices, I would give it a 4.8. I'm not going to give it a 5. 4.8? Yeah. I'm not going to give it a 5 because there are a couple of points where I'm removed from the story because I can, you know, I can see the person saying the words instead of seeing the character saying the words. Um... In particular, a couple of lines with Holly Hunter, but maybe that's just because I like know what Holly Hunter looks mm-hmm. like. But um, but it's still like a really solid. Yeah, it's a good job. Right, I I agree with you one hundred percent. I think for me, and I talk about this a lot in terms of acting, and especially child actors, it's sometimes just really hard to get a really good performance out of them. Like. It's the classic Disney acting, which is like, what are you doing? And I think, for the most part, this movie doesn't have that, like, Jason There was Lee. really only one kid on the cast, and it right. was Dash. Right. And I think he did a relatively good job. Like, he, he did good. Yeah. He's honestly not the character I had the problem with, because it was just believable to me that it was just a kid being a kid. Yeah. And um, when I saw this, obviously, I didn't know who Craig T. Nelson was. I didn't know who Holly Hunter was. I didn't really we know any eight. of these. Yeah, I didn't really know any of these voices, except I did know Jason Lee from uh, the promos for uh, My Name is Earl, mm-hmm. which is a good show if you haven't checked Samuel it out. I Samuel L. Jackson because I saw Pulp Fiction when I was like six. Oh, yeah, I forgot. But... <laughs> I forgot that he's a voice actor. Oh, yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah, Frozone's in this. Um, but I'm, I'm giving it a 4.4 because I think, again, it's everybody is very good in this movie. Uh, again, sometimes... But some, it's not perfect. Yeah, it's not perfect. Some of the like the dialogue, some of it, they just didn't sell. Because, again, it's expository. The remote and, like, controls of, the robot. Yeah, the, re- <laughs> the remote controls the robot is affecting all of my decisions. <laughs> and also, like, the weird... like the, f- I just didn't really buy the flirting with, like, Mirage and Mr. Incredible. I was just like, this is a little much. And I don't know if it... I don't know if I liked it. Tony and Violet... Like, I understand it's supposed to be awkward, but it was too awkward. Well, I will I will say, uh, the woman that played Violet, and her name is eluding me right now, she isn't really an actress. She was a public radio personality. And... Uh, I love her voice. She Yeah, did she great. had a great voice. And uh, actually, to, to get her on board, Brad Bird and some animators animated one of her segments from This American Life and sent it to her to convince her, like, hey, you can do this. That's adorable. Yeah. I wonder if that's on a DVD. But yeah, so 4.4 for me. Okay. And then finally, humor. Five. <laughs> Let's do that again. Okay. Humor. <laughs> Let's do that again. Five. Okay. There are just so many fun little jabs at itself, at the trope, at each other. They are, you know, there's just so much believable stuff happening, but the irony is hysterical. You know, Mr. and Mrs. Incredible are running around an evil villain's compound going and i don't like the tone you're striking with me right now i don't think you should be doing that he's like you're trying to pick a fight but i'm just happy you're alive Mm -hmm. like it's just funny and dash and violet like 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. I love the the scene when they're driving down the highway and they're bickering about directions, and I think that was really funny. But it, uh, once in a while, I I thought the tropes were just like okay, like lazy dad, uptight wife. Like it's the same thing. I don't that we think see. she was uptight. Or maybe uptight isn't the right I think word. Stressed. Stressed. Like I mean, it's it's hard to bear the burden of being two parents when your husband is checked out. Right. I mean, but that's like the I'm whole. With that's you, the whole Helen thing. Parr. But that's the whole thing with like. Uh, just classic sitcoms, just like the dopey husband, and then the the wife picks up the slack, like Homer and Marge, Edith and Archie. Um, and that's it. And those are the only two sitcom uh, <laughs> families. One of them is animated, so I'm giving it. I'm giving it a four point five. Okay. Because again, very, very good. Definitely above a lot of the stuff that we've watched uh, for this podcast before. But real quick, let's just crunch these numbers. Beep, boop, beep. Okay, we crunched the numbers. And uh, very respectful. St- respect. God, Respectable. I did How many times have I messed this up on all the other episodes and, it, and you're the first person to call it out or for me to realize it? But anyway, very respectable score. 4.51. Like our combined score together out averaged out. out of yeah, five. out of five. I thought you meant out of 20. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, oh, I get what you mean. Yes. 4.51. I think in um Roger Ebert world, that's two thumbs up. He did. He uh, he gave the movie a four out of five. So we liked it more than Roger Ebert. Got him. Take that, dead Roger Ebert. Oh. I'm so sorry you changed my life. Well, he's dead. Thanks to you. Yikes. <laughs> On that note. So anyway, let's talk real quick uh, before we get out of here. Incredibles 2. Huh. So yeah, that uh, supposedly that's coming out next year at some point. And uh, what are you doing? Nothing. You taking a snap? No. Okay, it looked like you were taking a snap because, you know, you held your phone up uh, parallel to your face and held it there for a couple seconds. But anyway, so uh, the big speculation is who's going to be the villain in Incredibles 2, right? Not the Underminer. No, not the Underminer (laughs) because he was the villain in the Game Boy Advance game. Well, it could be a new villain, but um, according to... I watched this, like, just theory video before I got here from the YouTube channel, Super Carlin Brothers, which they're basically vlog brothers, but they speak mainly about Disney, so... It's pretty niche. Yeah, very niche. It niche, kind of niche. Limits, limits their abilities to... <laughs> niche, please. And she dropped her phone. Uh, <laughs> but so, these villains... <laughs> she just told them I passed out. <laughs> yeah. So, one of, the, one of the main villain ideas is Syndrome's dad. Because he clearly has, like... Do you think, not to put too fine a point on it, do you think his dad's in the picture? I feel like a well, lot that's... of his issues stem from a lack of a father figure. Exactly. Or if not from a lack of a father figure, just uh, just Enough. he was not the right role model. Like, he was absent. Maybe he came back in, like, teenage years. Maybe he discovered... Again, these are all theories. Like, obviously, Pixar hasn't released anything official, but... That's just a thought. Another one, which I think is dumb, like Helen's ex, one of Helen's exes, just like the classic, just, oh, they, they're responsible for their own villain. Kind of like how Mr. Incredible was, was responsible for syndrome. syndrome. So Helen, by like fucking with the wrong guy at some point. What if it was, um. Like Snug. <laughs> snug is the villain. Yikes. What if it was someone like Violet and Dash's age? We had a younger villain. Well, because that's another they're definitely going to be older. That's another one of the ideas that it could be 
uh, either someone their age or one of the kids themselves. Oh, I don't Just want like, it to be one of the kids. Well, and here's where it gets interesting, because the theory, uh, according to Super Carlin Brothers, uh, Violet or Dash could do it because they're being manipulated by an AI version of Syndrome. Because Syndrome, Syndrome's dead. Syndrome's dead, maybe. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> so even if he's dead physically, we know that he's this evil genius. We know that he is very good with computers, technology, electronics. What, so, you think he's like Moriarty-ing them? Moriarty-ing? Is that the character from Transcendence? From Sherlock. No, okay. Sherlock Holmes, actually. Okay, I have not seen Sherlock or read the books. Well, he's just like an evil villain that takes precautions to remain evil even past his own death. Well, I guess that's possible. Yeah, like, Syndrome has some, like, created AI of himself, and then when he died, he still exists in some form, and so with electronics and stuff, he's manipulating, uh, Dash, or... What if the villain is puberty? Ugh. So how is puberty for you, Esther? (laughs) It was great. Oh, so good. Thriving. We're just going to edit that at the beginning. <laughs> um, and then the the last theory is, so uh, The Incredibles, after the movie came out, they had a, co- a short-lived comic series. And so they're saying that the original villain that was supposed to be in The Incredibles that ended up getting pushed to the comic book was a character named Zarek. And so Zarek, I don't remember anything that they said about Zarek except that he ages faster he's a reverse benjamin button not reverse benjamin but like he well benjamin button ages <laughs> normally just benjamin in reverse. Button is a he's a reverse benjamin Bo- button so he just ages <laughs> so he's just a normal human being um that is the lamest superpower ever so what do you th- what do you think of those theories though of a potential villain um i don't know i think that in order to keep it fresh they're gonna have to make an external i do like the idea of one of the kids being influenced in some way by an external maleficence but um external maleficent so angelina jolie shows up yeah the villain's gonna be angelina jolie post-divorce oh it's sad she's doing great i think they're back together i saw that in the grocery store line today Ooh. so keep your keep congrats brad and Brangelina. Yeah, Brangelina. <laughs> Thanks for being fans of they the podcast. They invented the couple name. <laughs> hmm. Um I think I think they're going to they're going to outsource for the villain. I think that maybe of all of those Zarek would have the most potential, but I think that in a, they'll have to It's been 13, 13 almost 14 years. Yeah. And I think that they're going to have to the characters are going to grow in some fashion. I mean, Bob and Helen are going to be old. Like I mean, Maybe. I mean, Finding Dory took place a day after Finding Nemo. Yeah. I kind of want to see Jack-Jack, like, in control of his powers, though. Yeah. And he has, like, a little, like, whoop, just like, ugh. It's still, the hair is, he still only yeah. has one lock of hair. Also, why are Bob and Helen so bad at naming boys? <laughs> Jack-Jack and Dash. I thought it was cute when Bob said Jack-Jack. He was like, I can't throw the car. I'll hit Jack-Jack. And I was like, weird. I kind of liked that. Hmm. But his his name's John. If his John John. Name... <laughs> his name is Jonathan Jonathan. John John was JFK's son's name. Oh. John John was a human. God, we're talking about a lot of dead people. 
Sorry, guys. Bruce Willis? <laughs> well, no. Well, actually, speaking of Bruce Willis, like... Is he going to be in The Incredibles too? Well, no. I mean, I think Zarek could be a potential, I agree, for the villain because it's kind of like with Split, how uh, the character in Split, uh, James McAvoy, um, he was originally supposed to be the main villain in Unbreakable, but then they decided to make it just was... more of an origin story. And so, like, they're not going to make a Zarek movie. Yeah, I was actually going to, I was going to be like, oh, with the Samuel L. Jackson thread, I, when you said Zarek, I automatically thought Mr. Glass from Unbreakable, and I was like, that would be funny God, if they made... such a good movie. Yeah. I rewatched it. The ending's really anticlimactic, because it, it just, it's a bunch of text after Bruce Willis is like... It was kind Bruce of, like, like, kind of scary. Like, I was shaken when I watched it the first time. Yeah, but I mean, but like, the when he, but when he approaches, but when he, like, approaches Eli, and he's like, why did you do that? And, like, the reveal happens, but then it just ends. And it just goes to, like, now Eli's in a hospital. Or Elijah's in the hospital for the mentally insane. Yeah. But I was just like, that's, like, I would have liked to see. No, no, no. I mean, like, the ending makes sense, but I'm just like, how sudden it is. Yeah. Like, the confront, because the confrontation, that's, like, the climax. Well. I mean, the discovery is the climax. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Whatever. Either way, that would be funny if they made Bruce Willis the villain because that would just kind of flip the whole. I don't think he's done a. I don't think he's done a Pixar movie. I don't think so either. I don't think he's really dipped into voice acting. I say that tentatively because I'm not sure. Off the top of my head, but like I can't like you know Tom Hanks. I'm like oh Toy Story like Ellen DeGeneres Finding Nemo. Dwayne the Rock Johnson Moana. Moana. (laughs) Moana's great. Oh, you should do that on this one. Yeah. Oh, we definitely do. Um, so anyway, I think The Incredibles 2 will branch out. I think that it'll, I like the idea of Zarek, but I also think that if they go with a pre-existing character, they'll pigeonhole themselves and make it harder. And if I know anything about Brad Bird's style based on everything that he's done, he does not like being told what to do, even by his past self. So I think he's just gonna, I like the idea of a young villain, um, because it would kind of highlight the generational gap between the parents and the kids and it would also give the kids more of a chance to grow beyond just like oh look our parents are reuniting through violence because that's a lot of what their looks exchanged are. yeah it's like oh mom and dad love each other it's like yeah they've been married for 20 years and then they kiss and they'll go blech it's like yeah married couples kiss guys Violet, you're going to kiss Tony on Friday, oh, so... you're going to be chock full of Tony loaf. <laughs> Gross. You know, on that note, uh, Esther, is there anything that you would like to uh, plug today? Um. Anything that people can find of yours that you want them to find? Yeah, I mean, we are going live on our... My newspaper at the University of Vermont is going live on its website this year for the watertowernews.tumblr.com or buy new domains so soon it'll just be the water tower news oh that's nice and also uh keep in mind that water is spelled w-a-t-e-r esther is just super philly and says water i I get so much shit for that everywhere i go including philadelphia and it just seems Mm -hmm. not fair Mm, well life's not fair um so yeah check out the water tower and also the incredibles (laughs) that's great uh, is there any social media of yours that oh, you, you would like Oh, you can them? follow me anywhere. My handle on all forums is at E. Rosencrantz, as in... Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, um, it has been forever. Brand Unity, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Snapchat is weird and funny. 
Twitter, I'm getting off the ground, so follow me on that, and that'll be yeah. fun. Maybe and don't add her on Snapchat, because that's like a personal, that's a more personal Yeah, I might not, media. I might not let you in on that, because you gotta be in the know. You gotta have the passcode. If you're listening to this, the passcode is... One, two, three, five. <laughs> that's what happens when you let Ross make up your passwords. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, don't look at my password, because it's that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, erosencrantz. Check out the Witter Tower and watch kids movies for fun. That's true. And as always, you can follow me on uh, Instagram or Twitter at Mr. Wiseman, M-I-S-T-E-R-W-E-I-S-M-A-N. And also please uh, give Kid Flicks Pod, that's this podcast that you're listening to right now, a follow on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Kid Flicks Pod. And definitely send us an email, kidflixpod at gmail.com if you have any suggestions for movies or you just want to tell me how bad of a job I'm doing. Or a great one. Oh, thanks. Well, Esther, thank you so much for coming on. I Maybe someday I'll release our uh, episode of my old Ico, podcast. Ico. Yeah, we it was CarterCast, so me it was going to be me and a guest uh, hyper-analyzing every Aaron Carter song ever. I learned a lot about that. Yeah, and it ended up just going I did, in the trash. I had three pages of research for that podcast. Yeah, Esther, like, really is prepared for these. I'm just kind of like, I wrote a couple funny things down, and I just want to talk, but you're like, I have very specific points to make. Like, It drives a conversation. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> like, I want to do bits, because I'm, I'm a little ass. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, any final thoughts on The Incredibles at all? It's great. It's great. It's incredible. There you go. That's why they called it that. That should be the tagline. <laughs> the Incredibles. That's why they called it that. No, <laughs> you jackass. It's incredible. Yeah, that works. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, go, go, Gadget. End show. <laughs>